0: Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says his state doesn't welcome the Chinese Communist Party. A look at his newest move to counter Beijing's influence on American soil. From blasting lasers to a floating barrier, what's the latest on tensions in Asia's most disputed waters? And an S.O.S. from a Taiwan airport.
1: I wanted to seek political asylum in the United States, but I couldn't.
0: A Chinese activist fled to the island after being detained by police in China over a social media post. What's next for him? The Chinese Communist Party is not welcome in the state of Florida. That's what Governor Ron DeSantis said in an announcement to cut funding to four schools. They all have alleged ties to the CCP. Here's more. It found that
2: schools in Weston and Winter Park maintain direct connections with the CCP. The governor's office said the schools associations constitute a an imminent threat to the health, safety, and welfare of students and the public.
3: The Chinese party trying to undermine not only the view of America, it's communism's great, capitalism is bad, but it's also undermining our very institutions to try to talk about the Communist Party actually creating a valid government that actually benefits the Chinese people rather than our students should be hearing that capitalism is great.
2: DeSantis signed a law in May that prohibits any school affiliated with a foreign country of concern like China from taking part in the state's school choice scholarship programs. The directive to suspend the schools from the program is part of the state's ongoing efforts to distance itself from any influence of the Chinese Communist regime.
0: Lasers, water cannons, and now a floating barrier. China's dispute with the Philippines is heating up. Chinese Coast Guard troops have been spotted laying ropes, nets, and buoys to block Filipino fishermen, an attempt to keep them out of a disputed part of the South China Sea. Let's take a closer look.
4: The Philippines on Sunday accused China's Coast Guard of installing a floating barrier in a disputed area of the South China Sea. Footage released by the Philippine Coast Guard showed several Chinese vessels near the barrier, which Manila says is preventing Filipinos from entering and fishing in the area. A spokesperson said the Philippine Coast Guard and the Bureau of Fisheries and Aquatic Resources strongly condemn the installation of the barrier in part of the Scarborough Shoal. China claims 90 percent of the South China Sea overlapping with the exclusive economic zones of Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, Indonesia and the Philippines. Beijing seized the Scarborough Shoal in 2012, forcing Filipino fishermen to travel further for smaller catches. The Philippine Coast Guard and Fisheries Bureau personnel discovered the floating barrier on a routine patrol on Friday. China's embassy in Manila did not immediately respond to a request for comment.
0: Just hours after the Philippine National Security Advisor vowed to take action, the Philippine Coast Guard said it had removed the floating cordon on Monday. The Chinese Foreign Ministry has called the barrier a necessary measure. Electric vehicles now in the crosshairs of a new trade barrier between China and Europe. As the European Union is still deciding whether to slap tariffs on Chinese-made electric cars, Germany is torn. The nation's transport minister said the tariffs could spark a chain reaction and put the German economy at risk. But the economy minister shared a different view. He welcomed the tariffs with open arms, saying action must be taken if there's enough evidence to justify it. Earlier this month, the EU launched an investigation into Chinese electric vehicles flooding the global market. The prices of those cars are well under average, thanks to state subsidies from Beijing. Here's the EU trade chief giving an update on the probe on Saturday.
5: What has been announced is a launch of anti-subsidy uh, investigation, which is going to be facts-based uh, investigation and uh, which will provide uh, uh, sufficient opportunities also for engagement with both uh, Chinese authorities and Chinese uh, industry.
0: During a four-day trip to China, he spoke about the possibility of Europe taking a more assertive stance against unfair trade practices though he also committed to continuing trade with the Chinese regime. He called on Beijing to step up cooperation and move the relationship forward. According to the commission, the probe has 13 months to wrap up and take action. Turning now to human rights in China, a university professor walks us through what the U.S. has deemed the Chinese Communist Party's past and ongoing cases of genocide. Here's more.
3: Over the weekend, the International Commission for Human Rights and Religious Freedom held a convention in Washington, D.C. The event sought to raise awareness for the long forgotten genocides still haunting the minds of many survivors today. Sen Nai is a mechanical engineering professor at the Catholic University of America. While presenting historical images and statistics, he spoke about Communist China's past and ongoing genocides. They understand that Communist Party culture cannot survive. Uh, in China, on the land of divide, so they systematically destroyed Chinese culture, Chinese traditional value as I mentioned today. In 1966, then-Chinese leader Mao Zedong spearheaded a decade-long political campaign known as the Cultural Revolution. With Mao's teachings in hand, mobilized youth called the Red Guards began to destroy historical relics and statues en masse. All traditions were condemned. Teachers and intellectuals were interrogated, beaten, and even killed in public. An estimate of up to 80 million people perished under Mao's leadership. Fast forward to the late 1990s, another nationwide persecution was underway, this time targeting a spiritual group, Falun Gong practitioners.
4: The persecution of
3: Falun Gong per se involved 70 to 100 million people. Each person has family members, good friends, which probably involve 300 or 400 million Chinese being direct or indirectly being affected or persecuted by this uh, Communist Party. Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa, is a spiritual doctrine consisting of five gentle, slow-moving exercises. Practitioners follow the core teachings of truthfulness, compassion and forbearance. In July of 1999, the CCP launched a nationwide persecution against the practice, even creating a police branch to conduct surveillance and arrest. Millions have been imprisoned. Over 100,000 have been tortured or abused in custody, with thousands dying from torture. Many have been murdered on demand to supply the nation's organ transplant market. But according to Nye, a spiritual awakening is happening in China. A large number of people began to openly renounce their membership in the Chinese Communist Party and its affiliated youth groups. This forms uh, the fertile grounds of a civil, civil, civilized society that definitely will bring good to the Chinese race, and with the least uh, casualty laws of economy or human life. As of now, more than 400 million people have quit the Chinese Communist Party.
0: The head of Hong Kong's top journalists group is about to spend five days behind bars. Ronson Chan is the chairman of the Hong Kong Journalists Association. He was sentenced Monday in a case critics are calling another blow to media freedom in the financial hub.
1: Everyone can see what is the rule of law and today everyone will see how the court handles this case. I think everyone has their own way of judgment.
0: Chan was detained in September last year when police say he failed to hand over his personal ID card. He told the court that he had asked the plainclothes police to show them their warrant cards before handing over his own document. Chan was on his way to report on a story at the time. The erosion of media freedom in the city has come into the spotlight in recent years. Beijing imposed a national security law to crush dissent in 2019, following Hong Kong's massive pro-democracy protests that year. It now ranks 140th out of 180 countries and territories in Reporters Without Borders' latest World Press Freedom Index. I hope that um, yeah, every, every journalist of us still have to uh, stand firm for our job for our duty and we are still trying to
1: um, cover the truth and the new story for the Hong Kong and the, and,
0: and the world. Chan pleaded not guilty. He was granted bail after his sentencing and his lawyer said he would appeal. The journalist cannot leave Hong Kong and had to surrender his travel documents. A Chinese dissident is pleading for help from an airport in Taiwan. Chen Ming has become known for posting pictures on social media to commemorate the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre. But after getting detained in China, a human rights group is urging Taiwan to help Chen seek asylum in the U.S. or Canada, even though the island doesn't have a formal refugee policy. Let's zoom in.
1: I wanted to seek political asylum in the United States, but I couldn't. I can only take the opportunity to pass through Taiwan and seek a short and safe stay in Taiwan."
2: That's what Chen Siming told Taiwan broadcaster in an interview at the Taoyuan airport. In May, authorities in southern China detained Chen. It was because of a tweet he posted commemorating the June 4th crackdown on pro-democracy students at Beijing's Tiananmen Square in 1989. Inside China, public memorials honoring those protesters are likely to attract police attention and end in participants getting detained or arrested. But what happens next for Chen may prove complicated. Taiwan does not have a formal refugee policy and has become increasingly wary of security risks posed by China. The Chinese regime claims Taiwan as its own territory despite never having ruled the island. Chen says he was aware of the risks.
1: Taiwan is a democratic and free country. It is safer here than Thailand and Laos.
2: It's unclear how Chen was able to travel to Taiwan. NTD has not been able to reach him for comment.
0: The world's most indebted company is sinking further into trouble. Chinese property giant Evergrande's stock price took a plunge on Monday morning, falling as much as 24% in early Hong Kong trading hours. The tumble came after a warning from the company that it can't issue new bonds for now, as an investigation looks into one of its subsidiaries. Here's the latest.
5: Group firm Hengdar Real Estate said last month that it was being probed by regulators over suspected violations regarding the disclosure of information. On Monday, Evergrande said that meant it did not qualify to issue new bonds. The news comes just a week after police detained some staff at the company's wealth management unit. There was no detail on how many were held or what the charges were. Now the turmoil piles pressure on Evergrande's restructuring plans. Earlier this month, it delayed a decision on what to do about its offshore debts, saying creditors needed more time to think. The firm needs approval from 75% of the holders of each debt class to proceed with restructuring. But sentiment on the whole sector remains feverish, with major rivals like Country Garden also teetering close to default. The crisis in the property sector, which accounts for about a quarter of China's economy, has sent tremors through global markets. Investors worry what would happen if major firms went under and have so far been unimpressed by Beijing's moves to prop up the sector.
0: Coming up, state versus private. China is home to the most state-owned enterprises of any nation in the world. But what role do the entities really play? Plus, growing calls for tighter U.S. export controls on China. What could they mean for the future of diplomacy between Washington and Beijing? We welcome John Pelson, author of Wireless Wars and former chief convergence officer for British Telecom, back on the show for details. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Are China's economic pains a potential threat to Taiwan? And could that instability jeopardize the U.S. financial system? We welcome John Pelson, author of Wireless Wars and former Chief Convergence Officer for British Telecom, back on the show for more. John Pelson, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show.
6: Good to be here again, Tiffany.
0: Right now, there's a lot of headlines with Huawei, our Chinese telecom giant, where they released a new phone that has a chip capable of 5G capabilities. You've covered Huawei a lot. You have your book there in the background. What was your reaction to this news? China's
6: return on Huawei looks like what America's return on an aircraft carrier is, which is to say it costs a lot of money. You're not going to make that money back, but you're going to project power and be able to have your way around the world in a way that you couldn't have otherwise. So I think if they're making this chip using this, I believe it's called the N plus two technique, you can squeeze out a few usable workable chips, show it off to everybody, but it is not a commercial solution.
0: And I wanna zoom in on Huawei specifically. What makes it different? Like what does it mean when a company is state run in China?
6: Ron Zhengfei is not a, a bureaucrat. He is a really sharp, business manager. And he's running the company as a private company. But in China, if you're any company, especially a big and important one, you're under the thumb of the CCP. And as I think your viewers know, that means that while he's not taking his management direction from them, it's kind of like a board of directors. They're saying, directionally, here's what you have to do. We're willing to give you this support. But here's what you have to do because your ultimate mission is as huawei's name says to be for china
0: given these tensions between the u.s and china where do you see u.s china ties going from here
6: i don't think they're going to get better Uh, i think uh, chairman xi is operating in an echo chamber now where his advisors the idea that one of his advisors would pull him aside and say i think you're making a grave error in how you're approaching this Uh, They watched Hu Chintao get dragged out by the uh, arms, by security uh, personnel. Uh, So if if that could happen to him, if if Jack Ma could be canceled, have his business school shut down, have his IPOs uh, terminated, and now be, I don't know where he is, playing golf in, in Thailand or something. I don't know that anyone's willing to tell Chairman Xi the truth about these approaches. And he may be making some decisions that are not even in in China's own interests here.
0: Mike Gallagher, chairman of the House Select Committee on the CCP, saying that China's current economic woes could potentially mean a danger for Taiwan and also the U.S.'s own financial system. What's your take on all of that?
6: I certainly argue this, that when you're trading and you have open, free, extensive trade, that's a, a method of achieving peace because you don't want to bomb the country that's providing all your insulin. Uh, you know, so so this is a, a typically a good thing, and you see it here where now that we're so interconnected with China in a way that we were not with the Soviet Union economically. You know, when they collapsed, there was no economy uh, ripples that went through the world because they weren't buying anything, they weren't selling anything. That is not the case with China. If you look at the volume of construction materials that come from all over the world into China, it would be a terrible thing for an economic downturn there. They need us, too. So we should not be hoping for a downturn. We should be hoping for maybe a, a chastened China to stop bullying the region and stop trying to flex its muscle the way they are around the world right now.
0: And on that note, it does seem imports and exports from China are going down, this, this continuing trend there. It seems almost a lot of manufacturing is now moving to, say, Vietnam, India, neighboring countries in China. And then in terms of china it seems they're also making a lot of businesses there harder at the same time they're also kind of streamlining visas so there's mixed messages there but some are saying we are already decoupling what's your take on that argument yeah.
6: it's it's funny they're streamlining visas but they've also let it be known that if you harm the competitiveness of a chinese company you could be liable as a, under the spying and espionage laws they they were tweaked to not say anything threatening the national security of China constitutes uh, espionage. Now they say anything threatening the national uh, interest of China. So if you hurt a Chinese company with a superior product, you could say, well, that hurts the national interest, and you could find yourself up on charges, whereas everyone knows there's no recourse. So it's easier to get into China. I don't think it's so easy to get out of China if you step uh, over a line. I don't know many business people now, that are eager to make the trip. And the ones that are making the trip, you got to look at who kind of who they're getting in bed with, where they're casting their lot. Because if you're primarily advocating for a European or American company's interests over their competitors in China, I think you'd have to think very hard before taking a trip into the mainland or even into Hong Kong, because there is no recourse. They've, they've demonstrated uh, a willingness to, to steamroll other countries uh, commercially and, and I think even personally for individuals.
0: John Pelson, thank you so much for your time.
6: It could good being here again, Tiffany.
0: That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocusntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.